We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. Paul Brettel's joining us, and he's here. And this video is on YouTube as well, on our Dan Shaney YouTube stream. So I'm going to talk to Paul. Then what you're going to hear is the Brewers postgame show I tried to do after they lost to the Nationals, in which I'll edit out all the – if you watch on YouTube, there's like four minutes of technical video garbage. So you don't want to watch that. But I do talk a little bit about the Brewers, whatever. And then, you know, something at the end. So that's how the podcast is going to work. But for the YouTube and for the meat of this show, I am joined by Paul Brettel. You can find his work all over the place. Um, and he's got – so here's – the first thing I want to do is talk to you about, uh, Paul, because you're doing the same thing that, like, I did where – and people are very familiar on this channel about – what YouTube watch hours mean and what it means <laughs> to get a thousand subscriptions. So just like I asked all you guys, I need your help to get these subscriptions. Paul's got a YouTube channel where he's getting close on uh, subscriptions and he's getting close on watch hours. So the same way you help me, you got to help out my guy, Paul, right? Yeah. I mean, I would greatly appreciate it over on YouTube. It's just my name, Paul Brettel, B-R-E-T-L. You can also check him out at the Packers wire, Dairyland Express, Follow him on Twitter, and he links everything there. He has uh, done a really good job of covering the Packers. And we've interacted before, and we follow each other for a while. Mm-hmm. But here's the, the main reason I want to have you on is, so like the last two weeks, you know, I'm all over the place doing like national garbage and whatever. And I'm like, well, I need to know what happened at camp today. And so I like look, and there's an article that comes up, and I read it. And then there's like another article, and there's a tweet. And then I'm realizing they're like all yours. <laughs> like every, everything I'm reading is from you. And then so like now you're like the first guy I search out. I just think uh, you've been doing an incredible job covering camp. And so, first of all, good job. Thank you. I, I, I do greatly appreciate that. It's been, a, it's been a blast. And this is, you know, I love the entire football season. But honestly, this is one of my favorite parts right now. And Paul, uh, you know, just like, you know, he's got a real job, you know, whatever. But. Uh, this is a labor of love for him. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, I think like, and especially this year, this is a different year for the Packers. And, you know, I, I there's, there's been years where like, I watch the training camp updates and I'm like, God, I don't need to know <laughs> that Rogers hit Lazard over the middle. But like this year, 
I do need to know. I need to know everything. And it's not just the Jordan Love stuff. It's just the complete different, I think, aura of of what you're feeling up there right now, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look throughout this team and there's a lot of youth. And I mean, Matt LaFleur said it best with, with some of that youth, some of that unknown comes excitement. And especially looking at this offense, obviously there's Jordan Love, but we look at the skill position players, there's tons and tons of speed and tons of versatility. So from what Matt LaFleur wants to do, what he wants to accomplish within this offense, it, there's going to be, you know, I think some, some different looks that we'll see this year from this, you know, Packers offense. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, hasn't been as much turnover, but there's some unknowns along the defensive front. And then they still have some, some big playmakers. Rashawn Gary will be back at some point. Of course they got Jair and Razul at, uh, cornerback. So again, it's like you said, it's a different feeling, but there's still this excitement because of that different feeling. Talking about the offense first. So I don't know if Matt LaFleur is a good coach or not. I think that he is smart at football. I think that there's been a lot of instances where you can tell he's learning on the job. I think one of the things that he does a lot that he needs to stop doing is saying, Oh, that's my fault. I, you say it enough, we're going to start to believe you, okay? But the this Matt LaFleur offense, this Matt LaFleur offense, we're going to see the Matt LaFleur offense now that, you know, Rodgers isn't there and, and whatever. Have you started to see – are we seeing shades of it? Are we seeing a little bit more? Are we seeing kind of what we saw? Is it like a completely new offense where it's like, oh, my God, where was this? What are – like from an offensive perspective, how different does the team look? I mean, in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and what they do, I don't think we're going to, you know, turn on the preseason or week one and be like, whoa, what is this? Where did it come from? But some nuanced changes that we're going to see more of is attacking the middle of the field. You know, that's not something that uh, Aaron Rodgers did very often. He preferred to go to the boundaries. But if we look at uh, San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan offense, which the Matt LaFleur system comes from, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, they where some of the highest uh, in terms of quarterback percentage attacking the middle of the field, they they were up amongst the the top uh, individuals over the last few seasons. So we're going to see more of that. And we've already been seeing that in training camp as well. That's where this offense, when they are finding success, I found that it's been love going to the middle of the field. And again, that's an important part of the floor offense. It gets these guys in space, gives them yards after the catch opportunities. And with the speed that they have, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, you know, it can create some big play potential. So I think that's one area over the middle where we're going to see a, a big shift. And then as well as I expect the the gadget, the motion role within this offense, uh, ex- take on a larger role as well from previous years. We've seen them kind of fill it here and there. There was Tyler Irvin. Uh, there was Tavon Austin that they brought in halfway through one season yeah. to kind of fill that role. But as they as the practices go on and they're getting you know, more established within uh, their installs and getting deeper into the playbook, we're seeing that aspect of it become more prominent. And right now it's Jaden Reed and running back Tyler Goodson who are filling those roles for the most part. So again, I don't think we're going to see this huge shift, something completely different, but those are two things from being at training camp that have stood out as, you know, the, the pendulum swung a little bit more in the direction of that being those aspects being more prominent within the offense. I um, think that the league, like, this is a Jordan Love question because 
I actually kind of didn't start with one, which I'm surprised at. I started more <laughs> of a LeFleur one. But with love, I think that, uh, you know, he, we know he had a good day the other day, and uh, there's a couple plays that we like and we retweet and stuff. I am very curious and eager to see what happens if in week one he has three, maybe four touchdowns. Like, if he has a good week, like a really good week, I don't think the NFL, and when I say the NFL, I mean media, fans, broadcasters, anyone involved in this sport, I don't think anyone has prepared themselves for the possibility of Jordan Love being good. Jordan Love's either going to be very bad or above average, or he'll be like a Marcus Mariota. You know, mm-hmm. Nobody's prepared for Jordan Love to be good. Is he... Like, what have you seen from him to lead us one way or the other? Because what I'm seeing, just being at home to ourselves, is that oh, he might he might be good. Yeah, with those those throws that you mentioned, like one to Christian Watson, and then there was the pass to Jaden Reed. It, Reed didn't catch it, but it was a beautifully placed ball. I mean, that shows the the ceiling that he has in terms of the the ability to throw players open and not necessarily have everything schemed open for him through how the offense is operating. So that's obviously the ceiling that can be there. And, you know, that we go back to him coming out of college when he was drafted. We knew that he had the arm talent. It's about harnessing it. It's about finding the consistency, uh, being accurate with it on a regular basis. So that I see is, you know, glimpses of the ceiling. But on the other side, we saw those highlights on Twitter but there was also an interception that bounced off a of Quay Walker's chest. He's still very much been. I'm not in... retweeting those ones. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I don't want people to see those. He's still very much been, you know, <laughs> experiencing the learning curve that comes with a first time starting quarterback. And you know, Matt LaFleur said right now with love, they're just focused on the process uh, more so than the results with the thought process being if the process is done consistently and done correctly. The results will take care of themselves. So what does that mean? It means getting in and out of the huddle efficiently, having a good base in the pocket, throwing on time, throwing on rhythm, the mechanics to be accurate, going through his progressions, uh, sound footwork, mechanics when he's on the move. So that's what they're really diagnosing right now. And while there are still ups and downs, what I will say is I feel that even over the last week of practices, there's been six of them now, five of them have been at full speed, two of them in pads we're starting to see a little bit more of that consistency in those processes. And it's leading to more of those wow throws that we're starting to see on, you know, posted on Twitter as highlights and all that stuff. So still searching for the overall consistency, but again, those, I think we're, he's on the right track in terms of finding it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Bart Winkler Show. We are talking with Paul Bredel. This conversation is also in video form. You can see it on YouTube, on my YouTube page, which is brought to you by Dan Shaney Insurance. DanShaney.com. Helps with your auto home business and more. Um, Paul is a YouTube page. Subscribe to this guy. We always talk about give him the Bart Winkler bump. The Bart <laughs> Winkler bump is about two to three people. All right. So I would expect if you get less than that, I'll be upset. But I, I would expect two to three more YouTube followers for Paul Brettel and uh, hope maybe four. Maybe somebody else will come through. <laughs> but just like you guys did for me to get me to that thousand mark, we need you to do for Paul because he's been killing it with the coverage. Also, we are brought to you by Happy Place Hemp. Happy Place Hemp, promo code BART, 25% off all your CBD needs. They've got the Delta 8s, Delta 9s, and much, much more. Depending on how the season goes, will probably depend on how much uh, we take of that to uh, pretend like things aren't happening. But that's the thing. I think that, like, I know that everybody's going to say, oh, well, it's, it's nice this year. There's not a Super Bowl here. There's not, you know, it's, we can just kind of, like, watch the football and then, but if they start like going four or three, man, even if they lose to the Bears, it will be back to complaining and being mad about everything. This was a team last year that was eight and nine, and I don't know that they deserve to be eight and nine. Are they like where are they? Where are you watching a good football team? Is it a is it sloppy? Is it could it be good? What's like your read right now on what kind of team this is? I think everywhere in between of everything that you just listed. It's not just love. It's they're so young. You know, Rodgers came in for Favre, use the same team. Mm -hmm. Love comes in, it's like half the team's gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we look at the skill position players, receivers, and tight end, incredibly young, as you mentioned. There's been, you know, some some drop passes from those group um, with the tight end position specifically. I know it's talked about a lot. Matt Fleur's mentioned it, but it's a difficult transition for those guys to the NFL just with all the responsibilities that they have specifically as blockers. And we know that's a big part of the offense. So, I mean, there's an incredible unknown. If we fast forwarded and someone told me that they won five games this year, I'd believe you. If someone, if we fast forward and someone told me they won 11, I'd believe that too. And everything in between, because you can see the, the, the pieces of the puzzle being there. It's just all the unknowns and all the question marks. And I think as we look at again, where this Matt LaFleur, offense stems from Sean McVay went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff Uh, Kyle Shanahan went to a Super Bowl and NFC championship with Jimmy Garoppolo those aren't Hall of Fame quarterbacks so it's not that if the Lafleur offense and system does what you know it it hopefully can do it's not as if love has to come in and play at that level for this team to find you know that type of success and again I'm not saying that that's going to happen this year I'm talking long term but that's what you hope happens. The ability to get guys in space. You have that speed, you have that versatility, create mismatches, and then, you know, get them the ball in space where they can make big plays on relatively easier throws where 
the quarterback isn't always shouldering the burden or doing the heavy lifting of having to create those opportunities. So I think that's what the hope is. And in terms of the offense, I know a lot of the eyes are on love and the receivers, of course, but any success that this group's going to have starts on the offensive line. And I know that's not the fun, sexy topic all the time, but if Jordan Love doesn't have time, it's not going to end well. If the run game doesn't get going and this offense is facing second and longs, third and longs in predictable situations, maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I'm going to guess right now that it's not going to go well. The offensive line has to play well. They have to give him time in the pocket. They have to be able to create running lanes and they're going to have to hold up against the blitz because I'm going to guess that early on in the season, defenses are going to throw a lot of different blitzes at love in this offense. Um, Some disguised coverages as well, where there's, late movement before the snap. So what Love sees um, before the snap versus when he's up and looking around are two completely different things to try to confuse him. So offensive line is going to be so vital to the, to the success of that that team as a whole. What is your favorite, when you're out there watching everything, what's like your favorite group to watch? Is it the big uglies or is it the, you know, the, the sexy skill position? What do you like? What do you like to watch the most? Right now, the the position group that has me the most, uh, I guess we'll say infatuated, maybe for lack of a better term, is the the interior defensive line, believe it or not. There's still a ton of question marks there, but one very noticeable change to me compared to past years is the speed that this group has. Devontae Wyatt's taken on a larger role. We, of course, all know what Kenny Clark can bring to that unit. They drafted Kobe Wooden, who tested uh, elite athletically prior to the draft. Uh, Carl Brooks another draft pick this year, the speed of that group is just so much faster. And we're seeing it in terms of their ability to get in the backfield very quickly at times, but also in the sideline to sideline movement when they're pursuing the ball carriers. And I go back to the uh, play callers podcast that was presented by the athletic there. It was focused on the offensive side, but they had Brandon Staley on there, the Los Angeles chargers head coach. He comes from the Vic Fangio defensive coaching tree Worst coach in the league. Yeah, go on. (laughs) And Joe Barry was brought in to run a similar form of that. Well, when Staley was speaking, he mentioned that a big part of his defensive scheme being successful is up front, having versatility and having speed. And I feel like over these last two drafts, that's really been a shift that Brian Gudikins has tried to make in terms of personnel. Whereas we look at past, you know, key contributors along with Clark or next to Clark, I should say, you know, Dean Lowry, uh, Tyler Lancaster, guys who are just more space eaters, occupiers, rather than having that speed where they're gap penetrators and really trying to get upfield. So that's one noticeable shift in personnel. And it feels like it's, you know, obviously been done intentionally to try to best give Barry the type of guys he needs up front. And again, I don't know how this group's going to perform. They're so young. Receivers, tight ends are getting the attention for youth, but Outside of Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton's the next most experienced guy, and he's played fewer than 600 snaps. Wyatt's played fewer than 250, and no one else at the defensive line has any NFL snaps right now. I'm not sure what to expect from this group, but just from what I'm seeing compared to, I guess, what we're used to as Packer fans, it's just a noticeable change with that speed and that versatility that that group has. So is Clark I like on the edge right now? What are they doing with him? Yeah, he's been at defensive end quite a bit, actually. Um, and the hope with that is I have a hard time picturing that. Yeah. He's not an edge rusher, but he's at the defensive end. And the hope with that is it's just going to be more one-on-one opportunities. You know, the closer you get to the center, 
that's more potential double teams. And of course that, you know, hurts your ability to, to make an impact. So that's something that could be really exciting for this defensive front this year. Cause as we know, Kenny Clark and one-on-ones is going to be a good thing. Their go-to um, defensive line unit has been Clark and Wyatt at defensive end, TJ Slayton in the middle, and then two edge rushers uh, on the outside of them. But yeah, this hopefully ends up being because, you know, as that being a factor, a, a really big year for Kenny Clark. I feel like on the defense, whether it's Clark or whoever, I look at that um, depth chart. And last last year, dude, I was <laughs> one of my most wrong takes ever was I was so high about the defense. I thought they were just going to be like the greatest defense that we've ever seen. And it wasn't that way. I feel like, yeah, you know, there's some questions at safety and they're trying to figure some stuff out here and there's some guys that are hurt. But I feel like for the average Packer fan, there's like the potential of what the defense could be. And right when we can't even like reach that point because we smack into the Joe Barry glass ceiling. (laughs) Like, is he like, is that, is that fair? Or is, is, is the defense not as like, it's not all his fault. Like we are nobody, Joe Barry, they're going to have to shut out every team for 10 weeks (laughs) before anyone thinks it's Joe Barry's doing. Yeah, I mean, at this point with the defense, I'm in the hey, you got to show me right now before I'm before I'm buying into what this group can do. And yeah, there's definitely, you know, <laughs> changes that Joe Barry has to make. He has to be better, but there's a lot of things too where you know, the players were responsible for some of those bad plays as well. The tackling as a whole from this Packers defense last year was not good. On the back end, specifically at safety, just a ton of of miscommunications, which led to coverage breakdowns and to big plays. Uh, their run defense, I mean, that's something that's been an issue for the Packers for a long time. So again, this isn't meant to be a, an excuse for the defense or, or for Joe Barry. At the end of the day, he's the guy in charge. He's the one making the decisions. But, you know, that's also to say the players have to play better as well. And I think something if we want to hold on to a little nugget of, of hope of of promise from last year was the late changes that they made in the secondary um, playing more cover two, cover six really. And just allowing Jair Alexander to move around a little bit more. It's not as if he was moving during or uh, before the snap with motion, but the, the Minnesota game really stands out to me in week 17 where, where Justin Jefferson came out of the huddle, Jair went to that side versus it early on in the season was Jair's just on the left or Jair's just on the right. So we saw some, we saw some of those changes take place. Many of them a a little too late into the season for our liking. So something to hold on to, but I'm in the, like you said, I'm going to need to see them find success and do it repeatedly before I'm fully bought in of, all right, they're doing it right now. This is the defensive unit that we wanted to see. And, similarly to offense where it's in the trenches defense is the same way it's it's about the run defense there's a the third down stat from last season i feel like really encapsulates this packers defense and run defense they were eighth best in football at getting off the field on third downs last year when i first saw that i was a little bit surprised i didn't think it'd be that good where the issue came is they faced the fewest third downs per game so what does that tell us Well, when they were in third downs, it's because they had early down success. Teams are in third and longs. The pass rush is the strength of this unit. The cornerbacks are the strength of this unit. The pass rush can pin their ears back, get after the quarterback. Cornerbacks can play aggressively. 
However, the run defense struggled. So offenses are moving the chains before third down because they're in second and shorts or picking it up even before then. And at that point, the defense is on its heels, you know, because the offense is dictating everything right now. So it all starts with this run defense being better in terms of the overall defensive picture improving. And to me, along the interior defensive line, we just talked about the questions that are there. That's the biggest one. They have pass rush options, but who, in addition to TJ Slayton, is going to step up and fill that role? Obviously, Kenny Clark's going to be a big part of it, but interior defensive lines heavily rotated. Kenny Clark can't play all the pass rush snaps and all the run defense snaps. That means Devontae Wyatt, Kobe Wooden, Carl Brooks, you know, maybe Jonathan Ford if he makes the team. These other guys are going to have to step up and really, really help out against the run. So I want to bring up something that you just wrote about uh, Carlson, the kicker. Uh-huh. Cause we talked defense here. We talked offense and I was talking, I did uh Steve Sparky Pfeiffer's podcast. I'll promote it for him. Kurt and long, but I was on with him and he is, he's like, I don't know if anyone cares. I might be the only one that cares, but why do they, they, they used to bring like seven kickers in camp every year with uh, Crosby and there's it's just Carlson right now, and he's not doing great. Mm-hmm. It, I find it it's it's weird because the Packers are like they keep making all these moves on defense still. Like they're making a move every day. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in new guys on offense. Or like, and then there's this kicker thing that they just like don't care about. Or what's the deal? I think it goes back to what Brian Gudikin said last week, and that not only Carlson but the young players on this team in general they need reps. And if we look at past years where they're bringing in others, even though they have Mason Crosby, I think a lot of that was just to, you know, give Crosby some time off throughout the summer. Whereas here they drafted Anders Carlson and he needs all the reps that he can get right now. And this, this kickers, it's like, just, just go to a school afterwards and kick 15 times. If you didn't get your reps in. That's like, like I would. That's what I would be fascinated. I would just watch the kickers and be like, "You get paid for this, huh?" Wow. <laughs> yeah. the, um, so I think that's kind of where they're at. They just want him to get as many reps as possible. And if you're going to rely on a rookie kicker like they are, they obviously knew that there's going to be days like the last two that he's going to that he just yeah. had. And really, what they're looking at right now is how is he going to bounce back. They could, you know, if the next week struggle, he struggles over the next week, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to me to see them bring someone in, but I feel like they're also going to give him that, that grace in knowing that there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be highs and lows and really try to evaluate if they can, you know, rely on him this season. And not to say that uh, in past years, obviously the, the value of field goals and extra points don't matter. Of course they do, but when you have a young offense that at least throughout training camp here has struggled situationally in two minute drill red zone, you know, field goals and extra points are going to be at a premium because they may, the Packers might end up relying on them quite heavily. And if you have a young kicker who's out there, who's inconsistent and they're leaving points on the board, which until proven otherwise are probably going to be at a premium for this offense. I mean, that's a huge loss, a huge, huge blow to this team as a whole. So I get again. I get why they're giving them the opportunities. They want to see if what they have, if he can figure it out. But it's also a dangerous game too, as well for for the reasons just mentioned. 
I just find it so interesting. And as a, like, I'm a big soccer guy. It's what I grew mm-hmm. up playing and, you know, I obviously still like it. It's this, like, this is, this is contact. It's the most contact we get in any sport. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like chess moving that, that happens. And the defensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator, we're paying all these money to the quarterbacks. And sometimes these games just get decided on if a guy kicks it through it. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. I think, I think part of like throughout like Rich Basaccia signed off on that draft pick, of course. And I think the, 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 uh, respect or the, the clout that Basaccia carries within the organization, like they're trusting him. He met one-on-one with Carlson before the draft. Like he flew down to Auburn to meet with him. He worked with his brother, Daniel in Las Vegas and, uh, helped him turn his career around after his time in Minnesota. So I also think that's a factor in this as well, that they're, and Gudikin said, Rich has a really good track record just in working with kickers throughout his career. So I think that that's playing a factor in this as well, that they're just, they're trusting him to help get Anders on track and where he needs to be, or hopefully at least close to it. You know, what is kind of sucks is that uh, Rich Basaccia might be the greatest special teams coach that we've ever had. And during the height of Rogers career, we had a bunch of idiots. <laughs> now we got this guy that is like the man. That's, that's it's, uh, it's definitely been not only Basachi's obviously been a huge part of this and facilitating it, but it's the, that Niners game, that playoff game from a few years ago, it took it, it shifted the whole Packers organization, their mindset of how they view special teams. Like they would never admit it, but it was an afterthought. They're looking for offensive contributors, defensive contributors, and, oh, yeah, we need you on special teams too. Now look at their last two off-seasons. I mean, this one in particular, Keyshawn Nixon, Rudy Ford, Dallin Levitt, Tavarius Moore from the Niners, uh, Matt Orchak, the long snapper uh, for the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. Like, almost all of their additions this off-season have special teams value for this team. So, Basachi's out, like I said, he's been a big part of it, but it's taken – against and the personnel staff to to shift how they view that third unit as well to help us finally see the the hopefully continued progression moving forward man that is crazy you're right that, like they had like in high school football who plays special teams the kids that can't get on the field and that's what the packers do but in the nfl like that changes games mm-hmm. yeah we've you seen you block a punt and fall on in the end zone and you just beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, ten to seven or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. How did this this franchise went through twenty fourteen, and it took them eight years later to figure out special teams was important? <laughs> what are we doing? It seems that way. Insane, Paul Brettel, you're doing a great job up there in Green Bay. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing. Appreciate you coming on here, and uh, make sure you follow this guy on YouTube because we are getting so close. If we can get another guy. Again, it's not the best part about YouTube is you are enjoying the content, but you're not paying for it. We're getting it from Big Google. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's what we need. So uh subscribe and then when he monetizes it, watch the ads, click on those links, mm-hmm. purchase the product, and help him out. Paul, I th- appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Bart. This was a blast. Greatly appreciate it. Let's talk some brewers. Brewers lose three to two. They lost in a dumb way to the Nationals. They had a 2-1 lead. Devin Williams came in. And then 
There was a play at the plate. Monasterio throws it to Contreras. I thought he had it. Foot was on home plate. Ball gets away. And then another run scores. So they load the bases. The force is at home. Can't get it done. And here we are. The Brewers lose. I tried to do this podcast several times. And the internet's shit again. It is shit again. My eight, I pay, I pay, I pay an ungodly amount of money for the stupid internet service. Here's here's how my day went today. There's one thing that I will not pay for. I'll pay for internet. I'll pay I'll pay a shitload for internet, and apparently it's not good enough. The thing I won't pay for is bank bank fees at an ATM. I won't do it. I get the convenience of it, but I won't do it. I, I won't do it. I'll pay for anything. I will do the claw machine until I win. I will do, I will tip very well. I will do, but I, I won't, I won't do the bank fees. So I go, I have US bank and I needed a cash withdrawal today because of, uh, I don't know, my wife bought a dresser or some shit. She got to pay cash for this guy. So I go to the US bank in Glendale. Their ATM's not working. So I drive up. I sit there for 10 minutes. Okay. Nobody comes. Nobody comes. Then I go to the U.S. Bank down by Maryland or whatever. ATM doesn't work there. The traffic was bad. I'm in a shitty mood. I don't go into the bank. I just drive home. I go, I'm going to go to the Walgreens by my house. Go to the Walgreens. I put it in. I need I need $500. Okay? The most you can take out is four. So now I have to do two transactions if I want. And that's two fees. Screw that. I go home. I'm like, all right, I'm going to regroup. I'm going to go to Metro Market. I go to Metro. Most you can take is 200. So now it'd be three transactions. So I go home. Finally, I did end up going back to the bank, just walking in like I should have. But why are there no U.S. Bank ATMs in this goddamn town? I take Jake's on a walk. What's up? Wasn't there a quick trip near you, buddy? So, no, because I live in Milwaukee-ish, no quick trip. Ah, you got to come out to the suburbs, buddy. Now, I understand they have the no-fee ATMs. Yeah, did you know they sell groceries, too? Did you know that they're basically like what bodegas are in New York City? <laughs> Sorry, I was doing my uh, Zabe face for you. Mm, nice. What's up? I, that's an old poll. No, um, well, that sucked. That sucked hard. And then uh, I had a freak out. So, I, I'll tell you more. I'm in Walgreens noticing my i take my wallet i throw it at the door these three ladies are talking they're like older ladies they're having the conversation of their life they're like oh yeah once we move to thienesville i really like that area is so incredible and they're like just having a nice day at walmart and here comes some fatty throwing it then i then i try to leave walgreens there's a car in my way so now i'm in the middle of walgreens honking the that walgreens parking lot is like like what's the there's some show where if people get too close to each other, they they had to be set. What's that movie? There's like sounds like a Marvel show. No, maybe they got they get too close to each other, and they like it bring like was it WandaVision? Was it something Wanda? You tell me, man. I don't, I don't. Anyway, so they had to be apart. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. So they had to be apart. Um. 
that's how I am with this Walgreens parking lot. Every time I go in there, it's a goddamn nightmare. Anyway, I feel that, man. What's up? What, what, what's up? Where are you? You look like you're in a nice place. Uh, I'm not going to disclose that. I'm just going to pull a cue here. Or not a cue. Uh, cone, man. Cone. Uh, it is nice out today. This I found some shade. And I'm trying good. to get these um, tickets locked in. This motherfucker won't answer my phone. <laughs> you're going up against it today, man. I know. I am swimming upstream. No, I needed to go to some place where I could let out some woosahs and because that sucked. I mean, that just sucked hard. The movie, um, thank you. The movie is Hancock. The movie is Hancock. Will Smith. I always thought those were really interesting concept. And then they did a twist in that movie that just made less than zero sense. And it was like you were immediately out on the movie completely. Like, he was kind of like the anti-superhero superhero, and that was before it was played out and overdone. So at the time, I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. This is different. I kind of, I'm digging this. And then just, you know, the dumbest plot twist imaginable, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to leave this theater. That's what I remember from Hancock. My dad says, remember, happy place, <laughs> hemp, promo code BART. Good call, Mr. B, or Mr. Dub. G-dubs. Yes. No, yes. I uh, really just wanted to come on here. Ken to, says yeah. the movie he was thinking of is the same as Bart's go-to sexual move when he was in high school. Damn. See, everybody's angry about this loss. They're taking it out now. I'm not, I'm not digging this. Yeah, someone to- said, I fucking hate that hat that I'm wearing. Damn. Jesus. M-Shark. See somebody, man. Also, I dated a Mormon in high school. There, there was no sex. I know. I asked you about soaking, and you just, you know, uh, you I know what soaking is now. I didn't okay. at the time. Okay, so that was definitely out. It's a shame. How um, can someone be in a, such a good mood after this horrible loss? Are they talking about you? They're not talking about me. I, I mean, I'm in a, a bad mood, but like you know, at the end of the day, it's just sports. You guys, chill out. And that's kind of what my main point was today. I wanted to come on here to preemptively tell people to shut the fuck up. That's baseball. That's what happens. Um, and really, like, Brewer's Twitter, I didn't realize how awful Brewer's Twitter is. Like, it's it's not as bad as Packer's Twitter, but it's up there. We're just, like, people bitching and bitching about, this is why they should have got more bats. Why didn't you get more bats? Like, what team is going to get two bats and a reliever at the trade deadline and then have their fan base not be satisfied? Like, People, just chill. This season was not supposed to happen. The Brewers are supposed to be in the cellar or second to last, like, no, scraping by. No, no, They're, they're a year bad. ahead of the rebuild. They're um, not so in just, a rebuild. They're not in – what are you looking at? They're not in a rebuild. Well, listen, at the, in, in this offseason, Woodruff's gone. Burns is gone. Adamus is gone. Like, that's – to me, it's – you're beginning to see the start of a rebuild, and – the way that their farm system is set up, it's, it's now it's time for these guys to start coming up and taking over as the main guys, not like the supplementary pieces. So my main point is, like, shut the fuck up and be glad that you have some semi-relevant baseball to watch for the rest of the summer. They're not winning the World Series. They weren't winning the World Series if they got, you know, Eloy Jimenez or whatever imaginary bat that you think was available. And that's the other piece is, like, It was such a seller's market. There was no bats to be had. So name me somebody as a needle mover that actually would have done something or changed the outlook of this team. 
it wasn't there. So the Brewers did the right thing. They gave up little scraps to kind of say that they're kind of going for it ish and whatever happens happens, but just shut the fuck up and enjoy it. I don't get like, it. Who are, is there like one person you're thinking of? Who are who are you reacting to? That Brewers Raptor guy is just insufferable. The I want to like. I hope he, if he listens to the show, please. I like Brewers to, Raptor. Come to the tailgate. Like I need to analyze this dude because. It, so he's complaining about the Brewers not doing anything significant, but he has this like fetish for Brent Suter of all people. So it doesn't make sense to me. Something's not right with that guy. Uh, the last thing that I see he tweeted was Santana and Canna were 0 for 7. They won't be this bad, but this team needs to take three or four from Pittsburgh or sweep. Oh, oh I don't know I that we're in like I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't know that we're in needs to wants to has to anything yet. I definitely think we're in needs to wants to is in I want to and uh Brewers Raptor needs to shut the fuck up. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm sorry. I'm dropping a lot of info. I got to watch my mouth, man. There's no reason for this. See, now I am angry. This is, I this know. Is it's an angry day. Does to me. It's an angry yeah. day. It's, you know. I, I spent a lot of time gross. in traffic today up and down, you know, the east side of 43. Going up to Glendale, going down to east side. Everyone is driving. Everyone today is driving like a fucking, like they're on a tour. See, hold on. You spent 500 bucks on a used dresser? Like, is it nice? Would... I don't know how much dresser. Just go to I just, Ikea. I know that she needed a dresser from the kid, and I needed to get this much money. I don't know if all the money is going to what. Damn, man. Yeah, should have gone a quick trip. What can I it's say? It's not even my money. It's just... She doesn't have a debit card because we lost it. Yeah, it, well, it's it's both of your money. You know, that's you make right. That we share we other. share a bank account, unlike you cycle couples. Yeah, that's weird. If you've been with somebody like in the years, the plural, it, it doesn't really. I don't get that. We're Clearly, you're not on, ready to make that. We're coming up on ten years. Wow. Uh, how long have you been married? The ten. Oh, okay. So that's 10 of marriage. How long were you together before that? Oh, Three? oh damn. Three? Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Same thing with I don't know. You won't believe this about me, but we like broke up a few times. Oh, no. The whole like, I got to find who I am, you know. That yeah. Whole, yeah. It happens, man. I, you know, you made the right call. You got the commitment there. Um, and for Brewers fan, cheer up. Uh, relish in the fact that we get to watch Jordan Love play football coming up here pretty soon. And everything's going to be just hunky-dory. All right, buddy. Well, what else you got? You got everything off your chest? You need to uh, – Brewers Raptor's a nice guy. I'm sure he is. Again, it's it's that whole – you know, electronic world that we live in where I can say whatever I want about something over, you know, the data waves here. But if I met him in person, I'd be like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel like a lot of the interactions that these this uh, Winkler tailgate is going to go. It's just going to be a bunch of dudes coming up to each other going, ah. Yeah, that's why that that's the only reason I'm going through with this is to see you guys talk to each other. It'll be fascinating. 
All right. Yeah, I'm going to get out. Thanks, Jake. Love you. Love you. Let me go through the game. Three to two is the final. Uh, as Brewers Raptor noted, the new guys didn't do shit. Taylor hit a home run. Yelich had a nice base hit. I thought that was going to be the game winner. Um, bullpen was all right until Devin came in. Kind of sporadic today. Wade Miley, four innings, 60 pitches. This was his first game back. Three hits. He had a, a no-hitter going in the third, which you, like, never mention and don't care about. But everybody's favorite, Josh Maurer on the radio. I was driving. I heard him say, oh, we got no hitter going. <laughs> third inning. Then guess immediately what happened. Hit. Wade Miley got activated. Owen Miller got sent down. Owen Miller. Remember when Owen Miller had the greatest April of all time? Or May or whatever stupid month it was? Owen Miller. Peter says, season's over. Wow. I don't know. It's a stupid loss. I'm going to go on living my life. There's more things that have pissed me off. I'm telling you, I had a really bad morning. I really did. I had a bad morning. I'll get real deep with you and like really let you in. I've, I talk about, I take anxiety pills. I haven't taken one in a long, like months on accident. I just, then I realized, Oh shit. I haven't been taking, like, I thought I was, there. so I took one today and then like my brain like is resetting or some shit. So normally be like, Oh yeah, I went to the bank. I had a problem. I went home, not temper tantrum in the Walgreens parking lot. As I'm in the shadow of 40 years old. What a piece of shit I am. I do want to say what's interesting is Jake brought up Brewers Raptor. This guy's name is John. Um, I've always interacted with him good. I don't know what Jake saw that got triggered, but that's okay. I see tweets from people all the time, and I I get upset. But Brewers Raptor later tweeted this, not separate from everything that we had going on. When I joined Brewers Twitter in 2019, it was a blast. People were fun, welcoming and made watching every game better. Sadly, the people who consume it now are 85% trash. They live for losses like today. Look at the responses to my tweets. They couldn't be happier. So I think Hot Take Jake and Brewers Raptor are on the same page. And then people are like, we're not happy they lose. Look, I'm not happy the Brewers lost. I'd like to make fun of the Brewers. I like to make fun of the Brewers very much because they are very easy to make fun of. So it's like picking on them. They're like, I don't know, little brother, girl you like in school. You pick on them because you like them. That's the thing. Now everybody fights on Twitter. That's stupid. I don't understand. Speaking of Brewers, the link, I'm going to have a link. I talked to the guy since we last talked. I talked to the guy. I'm going to get a link going. Uh, We're going to do a tailgate. Now I just got to decide if we want a tailgate or if I want like a designated spot in the Euchre lots, which I might do. I might pony up and do that. I might do that. Bring a little bit of professionalism to the proceedings that certainly do not deserve it. 
And may I say to anybody going to this thing, please be responsible. Somehow half of the people that interact on the show are sober. Please be responsible so that we can drink again another time. You know, I know that DUIs are like slaps on the wrist around here, but please be responsible. Uh, okay, but that's, don't the brewers should have a they should you, you should let them park there for like eight hours or something or have a service. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll I'll start a service where I drive cars home from Miller Park. Uh, where was your car, sir? Uh, Molitor. All right. And where do you need it? Okay, I will uh, bring it over. Me and another guy drive around. Could be Shay. Could be Tim Shay, who was supposed to join us. Uh, he said, "Oh, I'll be up. I'll be up. Oh, sure, I'll be up." Uh, yeah, call me. I'll be awake. Nope. Tim Shea. College expansion? The Big Ten wants to go west more? Oregon? Stanford? This is stupid. There, I, I was in geometry in high school, and I talked to the guy next to me. I remember this conversation. And I said, do you think in... 40 years there will be more countries or less do you think that countries will team up with each other like european union style or do you think that countries will break up the divisions in the countries will cause more separation because i thought more would break up and he thought more would things would get bigger and that's what you're seeing in college is things are getting bigger but what's going to happen is the big 10 is going to go to 20 they're going to have 10 in the west 10 in the east and eventually they're going to uh they're going to sp- they're going to split up again and then someday they'll join again and then someday they'll split up again someday they'll join and split up the packers released ladarius hamilton linebacker amari rogers is a colt wow Breaking news. All right, Toby and Paul on tomorrow's episode. I love you guys so fucking much. See ya.